Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Lewis, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors lost by a score of 114 to 102 against the Chicago Bulls. I'll keep it real simple for you right now. Uh, the only meaningful thing to come out of this game is that the Raptors have secured the seventh best lottery position uh, heading into next year's draft. Uh, this this win seals it for the Raptors. So, um, hopefully, in the last two games here, where the Raptors play Dallas uh, on Friday and they play Indiana on uh, Sunday, hopefully, one of these two games, you get to see Kyle one more time. You get to see some of these other guys before they, uh, you know, head off for the summer and things like this. But um, that is the only meaningful thing to come out of this game. And this game was pretty important in that sense because Chicago was one of those teams that may have slipped all the way down or whatever. I don't know to be honest, but. Uh, yeah, the Raptors are the seventh best lottery odds. They worked very hard for it. We also wa- worked very hard watching a lot of these very tough to watch games. To get to this point, that is the most relevant thing to come out of this game. Aside from that, um, yeah, I mean, let me just read you the players that played in tonight's game: Yuta Watanabe, Stanley Johnson, Kem Birch, Malachi Flynn, Jalen Harris, Freddie Gillespie, Aaron Baines, DeAndre Bembry. That's it. And if you count it, that's eight guys. The minimum to play a game, at least to start a game, is seven, I believe. And the Raptors hit seven after nine minutes when Yuta Watanabe uh, twisted his ankle. It's the same ankle injury he had earlier this season that cost him, a, you know, a few weeks here and there. Um, so that sucks, and especially because I thought Yuta was going to play. I don't know, like forty-seven minutes in this game based on the roster, but. Uh, yeah, that was tough. Luckily, though, they got Aaron Baines back from a foot injury, so we got to see Aaron Baines once again. Um, but also, they just needed that body. Because, again, otherwise they would have played with six people in the rotation. I don't know. Yeah, At some point, you might have to stop the game. In any case, though, um, yeah, it was... You know, I obviously you know, didn't expect too much from this game. Um, and, you know, I, my only real wish for this specific game was just like, yo... Can we not lose by 50 points? I don't want to see a headline that says the Bulls beat the Raptors by 50. 
Um, just keep it a regular loss. And that was a real concern because midway through the second quarter, the Bulls couldn't miss uh, from three, and they just kept getting back cuts over and over and over again. And they got a 20-point lead very easily. The Raptors obviously had no bench to even turn to. They were playing two center lineups with Freddie Gillespie and Aaron Baines, then Aaron Baines and Ken Burch, then Ken Burch and Freddie Gillespie. And I don't even blame Nick Nurse because, like, yo, who else is he going to play? Like, literally the third best guard for the Raptors tonight would have been Mr. Nick Nurse himself, the guy who shot 50% from three in Northern Iowa back when um you know Ronald Reagan was president it, or no that's that's not true that's the first the first the first bush sorry i i, I don't i don't think nick is that old but in any case um yeah like that's that's how you know tough it was um but the raptors did not suffer that fate and i'm very thankful to one man and one man only that is stanley johnson who once again at the end of the season stanley johnson turned into a superstar. If you remember last year, where the Raptors had a way better time, <laughs> especially than regular season, um, the last game of the season, Game Seventy Two, they had the Denver Nuggets, and Stanley Johnson went off in that game as well. Him and Paul Watson, the two of those guys together, were like you know LeBron and D Wade back with the Heat. And they had great games, but Stanley had a really great game. He also had a game winner the game before that as well. I remember being super hyped about that game. And today, I am about as equally as hyped, considering the fact that Stanley did it once again. I mean, this is the thing with Stanley. You might have to grind and wait all season and be frustrated at some of the uh, the over-aggressive fouls or things like this, but... You know, eventually he will reward you at the very end. And, you know, if, if you are a diehard Pokemon fan, you, you know, the only comparison I have is, like, you know, this is like you train Magikarp until one day you have a Gyarados. And that one day with Gyarados was today with Stanley Johnson where, you know, you get you pay, like, a thousand bucks or whatever to, to, from that Pokemon um, Rocket, the Team Rocket guy, and then you, you buy Magikarp, and then you got to, like, use Splash and Tackle and switch in and out to, to get, you know, Magikarp to level up. And that's kind of how it felt with Stanley all season. And then finally, you get this badass dragon of a performance at the end of the year. Where 35, 10, and 5 with three steals, no turnovers. I mean, honestly, Stanley, <laughs> he balled out. And I think he had a really great time with it. The teammates obviously had a great time with it. Um, whether it was the, the coaches, uh, which obviously includes Fred. Fred is just now like a full-time coaching guy. To be honest, at this point, Fred has just taken over for Nate Bjorgren. Um, I, you know, Fred's really leaning into this thing. Um, but no, all of his teammates were really rallying around Stanley. I mean, there were like a couple of possessions, you know, where the Raptors got stagnant on the half court and they were like, all right, swing at the Stanley, let him do his, do his thing. And literally nobody has ever said that since OVO bounce or since he was in high school. I, I got to think maybe in college, but probably in high school and it was very fun to see Stanley Cook. And, and I'm, again, I'm not even putting this down whatsoever. This guy was pulling things out of his bag that you didn't even know he had. Did you know he had a step back three? Because he hit a step back three in the third quarter. Did you know he had a post game? You know, he was bullying guys down there, getting himself to the free throw line. He had a turnaround jumper. Uh, he was driving to the basket and finishing through contact. I mean, it was amazing to watch. Uh, and, you know... There was a point where, I think, late in the game, where Stanley hit a three, one of his six threes on the night. I might have doubled the season total. Um, but anyway, Stanley hit a three at the, end of the, uh, at the end of the game, and the Bulls had to call timeout. It forced the Bulls into calling timeout, probably because Don, Billy Donovan wanted to shame his club. Uh, but 
yeah, Stanley came back to the bench and he had his tongue out. And this is, you know, in the house that Michael Jordan built, literally the United Center. <laughs> you have Stanley Johnson sticking the tongue out like MJ. It was um great performance, honestly. And again, save the Raptors from a very lopsided scoreline, which is all I care about. You know, I don't you know, I don't expect wins. I just don't want to see a terrible headline. I don't want to be up here talking about how everything's terrible. No. I'm instead it's very positive to watch Stanley do what he did. And it was very fun to watch. He had a good post game interview as well. Always a very thoughtful and insightful dude. Um and so that was fun. And aside from that, I mean, you know, it was it was tough at times. I think early on the Raptors were carried in scoring by Jalen Harris. He had eleven points. In the first quarter, and very quickly in the first quarter, he hit some threes, got to the rim a few times. I like his shiftiness, man. He's he's really quick. That's definitely got a score mentality, uh, and he just seems kind of polished. I don't know. I mean, I'm surprised by how efficient he has been with the catch-and-shoot threes. Of course, we've seen him take, like, I don't know, 20, maybe? So, you know, there's going to be a lot of fluctuation in that small uh, number of attempts. But uh, Jalen just looks very smooth. Like, he, he looks very confident. Uh, he he seems like he knows where to get a shot, which is a very important thing for a scorer. You got to know where your spots are and where you can get your shot off. And, and Jalen's done a good job with that. He's got some quickness in that front, gets downhill. He had one play in the third quarter where um, he, he drove, and then he sort of froze his man with a quick you know jump stop, and then he kind of like you know pivoted to the side and sort of hopped to the middle. Uh, and got himself separation and shot the short jumper there. That was nice to watch. Very quick sort of lateral move, um, not just, you know, straight downhill, some some changing it up a little bit. And um, I like Jalen's performance. I don't know why he didn't play in the fourth quarter. I mean, listen, there were only seven guys, and Jalen Harris still was definitely one of the best players in the night. So I was surprised he didn't play. But, um, yeah, I, I thought Jalen gave them a nice performance. I thought, you know... Bembry came in and gave them what he could. He, you know, slashed to the basket, made some backdoor cuts of his own. Couldn't hit a three, although that's not really his game. And the Raptors just competed. I don't know, man. I mean, like, the Bulls just looked super disinterested. I mean, they're technically still alive in the play-in race, but, like, you know, I don't think they're going to make it, and they're not going to make it. Washington is going to beat Cleveland, and it's going to be all over for them. Um, But, yeah, I mean, the Bulls just seemed kind of pissed. And the Raptors came through with a pretty good effort. Like, they really got after it defensively. Um, you know, a lot of sloppy moments, but especially in the second half, a lot of guys, you know, diving for loose balls, winning loose balls, Freddie Gillespie with three steals, Bembry with four steals, Stanley with three steals, Raptors as a team, 15 steals. That's pretty good. And, you know, Raptors got a lot of transition offense based on that. Um, it wasn't enough to win, but again, the point wasn't to win. The point was just to come out there and, uh, you know, not lose anybody to injury. And, of course, they did lose Utah to the ankle injury. Hopefully, he's okay. I'd like to see Utah a few more times before the season ends. Um, but that was unfortunate. But in any case, though, it opens it opens some opportunities. Again, I really have to say it's hard to evaluate this game because, well, for basketball reasons, it's hard to evaluate because there's very little space on the floor. You had two centers at all times. So, like, a guy like Flynn... How is he going to work, pick, and roll, and get downhill into the paint when there's two guys standing in the paint? Like, there's, like, Freddie Gillespie and Aaron Baines on at the same time. That is a tough lineup to see. Like, it just doesn't make sense to, to watch that, and that was harsh. But, um, yeah, I mean, aside from that, I mean, it was... Uh, 
I mean, I don't know, man. It, it was just a tough watch. What can I say? Um, you know, so it's hard to evaluate on that. And also, hard it's hard to evaluate when Stanley had 35. Like, no disrespect to Stanley whatsoever, like, at all. I'm a big fan of the guy. Um, but if Stanley's scoring 35, there's got to be some sort of a false element to the game itself. And, um, you know, the Bulls, I mean, the last time the Raptors played the Bulls, Chris Boucher had 39 and 38 and 19. So, you know, this is, uh, you know, not the only time this has happened to the Chicago this year, but um, it was a little hard to evaluate on that front, uh, which has been kind of my annoyance with some of these games. I Look, I didn't mind any of them until the last game against the Grizzlies and this one, uh, and I guess the other Clipper game as well, where it's just like, I don't know what to take from this because guys were in such such new positions. Um, and what I mean by that is some of the plays I was really taking a close look at some of the plays the Raptors were calling after timeouts. And one play they ran was to get the ball to Freddie Gillespie in the post and then to have Aaron Baines come off a screen and hit a three at the top. Just just, and just think about that. I mean, it, execution-wise, it was fine. And Baines got an open look. He bricked it because, you know, he's, he, you know. But, like, just think about that, right? What are you evaluating there? What are you evaluating there? Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, there was a play where they were getting U- uh, Utah Watanabe driving downhill off, like, a double screen, getting a turn downhill with the pass from the opposite wing. And then they had, like, two centers, like, in the paint. The Raptors had two centers on the floor. So Utah was just driving into, like, 4-1 traffic at 5 p.m. And, like, it was disgusting. Like, he just had to throw up a shot because, like, there's no space whatsoever. So, like, it's hard to evaluate the execution on that front. Defensively, I think Rebbe's a little bit easier to execute. Um, and on that front, I thought most of the guys did their best defensively. I thought, obviously, losing Utah really hurts because he was probably going to be a big part of, you know, what the Raptors are going to do defensively. Last game the Raptors played against Chicago, Utah had the box and one, the one assignment, the number one assignment on Zach Levine. So, you know, obviously, he probably would have done a lot defensively in this game. He was out, and so the Raptors had to rely on other guys. And I like their compete overall. The only small nitpicks, I would say, are like Freddie Gillespie seemed kind of lost playing power forward, uh, which, yeah, he's not a power forward. Uh, again, I don't know what you're assessing necessarily when you put him on Markkanen and, you know, the, the pick and roll comes and his instincts are to pull towards the middle and Markkanen's in the corner. Um, yeah, Markin is going to get an open three. <laughs> and, you know, it's tough to evaluate on that front. But, um, yeah, I thought Gillespie was out of position a few times. And then Jalen Harris, he seems to get a pretty bad whistle. Um, you know, I, and, and I looked into the numbers. It wasn't even like he picked up that many fouls so far. It's just I feel like the ones that I've seen him pick up, they're on, like, nothing. They're like ghost fouls. Uh, and so that was annoying to watch. But, you know, I think overall the Raptors competed defensively. They executed the game plan well. Zach Levine didn't really go off the way we know Zach can. 24 points for Zach in 35 minutes. He's still coming off the COVID. um, So, I mean, I'm curious to see sort of what he's doing. But, um, you know, it wasn't really that that hurt the Raptors. It was really more the Bulls' overall ball movement. And I think the Raptors did a pretty good game plan against Nick Vucevic, which Ken Birch, being a former Magic teammate with Vuce for like four or five years, um obviously knows his game pretty well and did a pretty good job guarding Vooch. I got to say, like, he um, didn't give up any ground, didn't get bullied in the post. Uh, and I've seen Kem, like, struggle a little bit with some of these heavier centers. Like, I thought he had a hard time with, like, um, the Laker game with Drummond or all these other guys. And thought in the uh, the Clipper games, he struggled with Zubach. 
uh, in particular. But uh, Vucevic isn't the same kind of guys as those guys. Those guys kind of roll and then they're heavy. So to stop the momentum is tough. Vucevic is mostly a pick and pop guy and then also like a low post, you know, turnaround jumper kind of guy. There's a lot of finesse in that game. And Kem, obviously being close teammates with him, knows Vooch's moves. But he did a really good job guarding Vooch. Not even that much help required as well. Especially because Vooch is very happy to <laughs> settle with a jumper. I mean, you see a big man take 19 shots with zero free throws. That's that's not something you want to pay two first-round picks and Wendell Carter for. But in any case, Chicago did that, and now they're not even in the playoffs. That's uh, kind of sad, to be honest. Um, but in any case, though, the Raptors, you know... <laughs> They played the game. They played a game. Um, I don't know what else to really say from this one. I know there's only 15 minutes into the podcast. Uh, usually they go about half an hour. I um, don't really know what else to say. Uh, so I'm just going to tell you a couple of things that came out of the post game. Um, you know, Stanley gave a post game, which is great. Stanley's always very, very good quote, very thoughtful dude. So listen to that. To be honest, you know, uh, this is probably Stanley's last media perform- appearance before, uh, you know, the Raptors close up shop. Obviously, their season ends on Sunday, and then they'll have players speaking and things like that, whatever, right? But I think, you know, this is probably going to be Stanley's last time speaking. And it was great to sort of hear his perspective on the season. I think every time you hear him speak and every time you sort of – it sort of confirms, like, the same that you impression that you get from him, which is like, yes, we know that he's not – really a consistent offensive player on any level, right? His usage rate is, like, among the lowest on the team. It's, like, 11%. That's, like, Pat McCall levels. Um, and I think the overall plus-minus numbers don't do Stanley Johnson any, you know, favors. I think him and Aaron Baines are the, the, the two lows on the team. So you might say, well, that's pretty telling. Um, and it probably is. But I, I will have to say in Stanley's case that, like, he has done a pretty good job defensively this year. Um you know, the Raptors had to lean on Stanley more, and we've seen Stanley take up shifts against some really tough guys. Like, I'm not even kidding. The Raptors used Stanley Johnson on LeBron, on Kawhi, which we just saw last week. Uh, they used him on Ben Simmons. They used him on, you know, Jason Tatum, Brandon Ingram. Uh, they used him on Luka Doncic. That game, remember, Doncic elbowed, you know, uh, Stanley and, you know, and got a tech for it. That was one of, like, I don't know, Luka Doncic is like 15 techs this year. Again, he, he's just been really bratty this year, uh, Luka has. But in any case, Stanley has been very good defensively in some very, very tough matchups. You know, the best I'll say is he, he's held his own. He's made those guys really work. And if you look at the positional defensive versatility index and things like this where, you know, people have like, you know, these estimates... Stanley's up there with OG and, and, and Pascal Siakam as some of the most versatile defenders in the league, which you might say, well, that's, maybe that's just part of the Raptors system, and I would agree with you, but at the same time, we've seen Stanley play small ball center, we've seen him guard point guards, and everything in between. There was that game in Charlotte where the Raptors subbed in Stanley and he forced two air balls uh, at the end to secure the win. Um, you know, so Stanley honestly has had his moments this year. Is that enough to secure another roster spot for the Raptors? I don't really know, but I think he's a really... A guy that people gravitate towards. He seems really friendly. He seems to know a lot of dudes. And he seems to have a pretty great aura about him. I don't know. This is where we're really at. At the end of the season, we're talking about people's auras. But, I, you know, I, I've I've enjoyed some parts of the Stanley Johnson experience. Of course, tonight was, was the best part of it. Um, what else from this game? Um, Jalen Harris. Uh, so, he's from Dallas. 
So uh, he's the Raptors are going to Dallas. He's got uh, some family in attendance tomorrow. So that's going to be very fun for him personally. He's going to have a great chance to play a lot of these minutes. So that's always, you know, exciting for him and his family. He said he was a big Mavs fan growing up. And to hear a 22-year-old talk about growing up is making me feel mad old. So I apologize to Alex um, for all the times I made him feel old intentionally. Um, yeah, I mean... You know, he was a big Mavs fan. Like, uh, obviously, he was a, you know, he said he was watching them, like, the Nash, Finley, Dirk seasons. So, that's, like, 2004, 2005. Like, like the, you know, he was, he was a real diehard Mavs fan. Um, in any case, though, like, Jalen, I think he's shown what he can do, which is score. I think there are still times where he turns the ball over. But I think, you know, for the most part, he's a rookie. And, like, most rookies, he's going to be told to do some rookie duties and, uh, I asked him about that. It's probably the last time we st- speak to Jalen this season as well. So, um, yeah, you know, I asked him about rookie duties and stuff like that. So, you know, apparently uh, guys have been basically using him like an Uber Eats driver. Um, or I guess like a DoorDash driver. I'm sorry. I'm going to take that back. I don't use Uber Eats. I only use DoorDash. Use the promo code ROE uh, or Raptors, I think, right now. But in any case, yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, they, they're, they're making them go get coffee, you know, Shoes, cows making him go get some shoes, Epsom salts. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, who is, who, is, who is requesting Epsom salts? I don't know. But in any case, if you haven't done it, take a, take a salt bath. It's it's very uh, it's very relaxing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's very fun to sort of see these guys. I think there's, you know, honestly, the season has been kind of disappointing from the results perspective. But it seems like the guys are still there's still the same camaraderie happening behind the scenes and you just want that to be preserved i think that's part of team culture it really is and that's probably what a lot of fans gravitate towards we are at 20 minutes in the episode now so that's almost appropriate for me to go to three stars um but i will have to say one last thing about uh freddie gillespie which um you know nick nurse so Freddie was the only Raptor not to, well, I guess Utah, but Utah fouled out or, or got hurt. Um, so, you know, out of the guys who played regularly, Freddie was the guy who didn't get a basket. And so Nick used the timeout late in the game. Uh, with 30 seconds left, the Raptors are clearly going to lose. But they, they, they called the timeout to run a play. And they got the ball to Freddie in the post. It's the JV play where you sort of fake the dribble handoff, but then you keep the ball and you try to drive to the basket. Raptors have run it quite a few times. I think JV got a game winner against the Bucks that way uh, with a huge dunk. Uh, I think you know he didn't get a it was a game winner or he forced overtime. I don't know. It's the one where Serge Ibaka then like put him in a chokehold right afterwards as a celebration for some reason. And JV's head was super red. Um, in any case, yeah, they, they ran the play for Freddie. He didn't score on the keeper play, but then he got the offensive rebound and he got the put back and he scored there. Um, you know, I think. I think, honestly, it, it was a bit of a watershed moment in terms of just, like, I remember very distinctly the Bulls doing this. I think this is the game where last season in, in Scotiabank, in February, Terrence Davis had 30-some points, and that was a career high for him at that time. And, yeah, I mean, late in the game, Chicago called a timeout with Jim Boylan just to run a play, and I think, you know, uh, <laughs> some of the players were upset with him. You know, it's exactly the same thing. The Raptors were the Bulls in that situation. The Bulls were the Raptors in this situation. Um, but I, I did like how the Raptors responded to it. I think, look, they're embracing this opportunity as a, as a chance to learn. And that was a play where the Raptors didn't need to do it. Nick could have just ran the timeout, all this other stuff. They could have just whatever, you know, finished at 100. It doesn't make it a difference. 
but I think even these small things do really add up. I think if you are looking for small moments of development, that's one of them. And it's not even about if he makes a shot or not, if he has a basket on the end of the night or not. It, you know, it's 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 not like a, you know the YMCA or whatever. You don't need to you know make guys feel good necessarily for the sake of it. But um, you know, just execute the play. I mean, something very basic like that, right? Can you execute the play? And the Raptors execute the play. So we are at. 22 minutes in the podcast, which is now time for me to tell you the three stars from this game. First, obviously, Stanley Johnson. I mean, come on. 35 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, 43 minutes, 12 of 22 from the field. Wow, I mean, that's that's unbelievable. Honestly, Stan, I'm going to look this up to see if Stanley has had months this season where he hasn't taken 22 shots because he's not a guy that you would consider high usage at any rate, but he took 22 shots tonight. Honestly, it felt like he should have taken more quite honestly to me because um the Raptors needed it like the Raptors needed every one of those baskets so in the month of April um Stanley okay April's not a good example April he was a high usage month for him let's see January okay January he played quite a few games he had one one attempt one attempt two so that's four five ten thirteen 15, 18, 19, 20. Ah, this is unfortunate. Okay, he got to 24 by the end of the month. Okay, that's not bad. Well, in any case, yeah, it, it's close to a month's worth of shots for him. And, and he did really well. Um, obviously, scored in a variety of ways. Uh, and yeah, this was this has been a hard podcast to execute. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Uh, second star from this game. I'm going to go with uh, Bembry. Bembry has some nice moments. You know, I, I think he had a breakaway dunk, did a you know double pump, uh, two-handed reverse. A dunk that took him so far ahead of the play that, uh, you know, because he landed, but then his momentum, because he got up so high in, in such an acrobatic way that he had to sort of stumble, and he kind of went behind the basket. And then he was behind the play, which, you know, I would normally care about, uh, except that it was an awesome dunk, and I'm not a cop. But... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Bembry was just good throughout the game. I mean, he made a number of steals. Remember one play, he sort of, you know, stole the pass and then immediately uh, threw a hit-ahead pass to Malachi, you know, breaking on transition. To be honest, it's like when you play FIFA and you tackle a guy and then you just hit the Y button, or the the, the Y button, the, uh, the, the the triangle button, and you just play the pass through, the through pass. Um, yeah. Bembry had a number of nice moments. To be honest, I think Bembry should be back next season. He's just very solid. Like, I really enjoyed him in the Pat McCall role, and he's done a pretty good job with it. 12.6 assists, four steals, a block, two uh, rebounds. You know, occasionally he'll drive inside and create something for himself. He's been able to hit shots at very awkward leaning angles, and that's good because he needs to be a slasher. Uh, Obviously, the three-point shot is not the main element in his game. And then your third star from this one, I'm going to give it to Jalen Jalen Harris, 17 points, 7 of 12 shooting, 3 of 6 from 3. Uh, you know, I'm not sure why I didn't play in the fourth quarter. If I had more than one question that allowed to ask Nick Nurse, uh, I would have asked him that question, but unfortunately it was only given one. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Jalen was pretty effective in his scoring, especially early on. If the game went on, it wasn't like he was creating every single time. But I like his quickness. I like his shiftiness. And I'm hoping for him to have a great game tomorrow in, in Dallas in front of his family. Again, this is where we're at in the season. We're just hoping for vibes at this point. Uh, in terms of your Gerald Henderson Award winner, that's got to go once again to Laurie Markinen. 20.7 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, a block. 
plus 15 in 25 minutes, super wet from three. Um, and yeah, listen, I don't know where he's going to go in free agency, but if he comes to Toronto, I would not be upset. So, uh, that does it for the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. And you know, if you watched this game, congratulations, you were witnessing basically the repeat of, uh, Stanley Johnson's, uh, infamous 87 point OVO game. And, um, yeah, thank you for watching. Sincerely, uh, the Raptors will play Dallas tomorrow, so look out for another pod tomorrow. And yeah, watch Run It Back. That's out. Me and Alex, you know, speaking of good vibes, that's uh, I mean, come on, undeniable. Me and Alex got good vibes, so watch Run It Back. And um, yeah, <laughs> thanks everyone for watching. Subscribe to the Raptors Reaction Newsletter, and I'll be back tomorrow. Wow, we've made it to 27 minutes. This is a real, real impressive feat. So thanks everyone for listening. Sincerely. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 